Major support for Carolina Business Review is provided by Grant Thornton. Operating in more than 100 countries, our tax audit and advisory professionals specialize in helping companies unlock their growth potential. Novant Health, bringing you world-class technology, clinicians, and care when and where you need it. And Sunoco, a global manufacturer of consumer and industrial packaging products and provider of packaging services with more than 300 operations in 35 countries. In a recent conversation right here on this program, a guest expert argued recently that according to contemporary Carolina in migration history, near-term forecasts, incredible research that somewhere between 450 and 500,000 people are expected to move into the Carolinas within the next year. Just the sheer gravitational pull of that bulk will drive growth in many areas. While our conversation this time on the program is not necessarily about migration trends, it is about a similar cause and effect. Welcome again to the most widely watched source of Carolina business policy and public affairs. I am Chris William, and on this edition, our executive profile with North Carolina's chief economic developer and commerce boss, Secretary Tony Copeland. Gratefully acknowledging support by Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina. Please visit us at SouthCarolinaBlues.com. The Duke Endowment, a private foundation enriching communities in the Carolinas through higher education, health care, rural churches, and children's services. Bearings, a leading global asset management firm dedicated to meeting the evolving investment and capital needs of its clients. Learn more at Bearings.com. On this edition of Carolina Business Review, an executive profile featuring Tony Copeland. North Carolina's Secretary of Commerce. Okay. Uh, welcome to our program. I'm sorry, so often the best conversations happen prior to the lights coming up and, uh, and the camera coming on. Mr. Secretary, welcome to the program and thanks for making the time. Thank you. Let's talk about the... It, it, this idea, someone made this, what seems like a very bold prediction to say North and South Carolina over the next 12 months will, will welcome approximately 500,000 new residents. Uh, Mr. Copeland, that's a huge amount, but that, that kind of migration seems to, number one, two questions, uh, is that plausible? And number two, will that kind of growth in population and headcount, does that bail us out of a lot of things that we don't do right? If we continue to prepare for the future. <laughs> I mean, leadership's the ability to create, to see and create the future. You know, we've done a pretty good job since 1950 when we were considered the second poorest state in the country. 47 out of 48. And we saw leadership that came about. We saw Carr Scott, good roads. Mm -hmm. They said he actually was the good schools governor because kids could go to school. You know, because of the roads, yeah. Correct. Sure. Then we saw Terry Sanford and the Research Triangle Park with Luther Hodges as Secretary, U.S. Secretary of Commerce by um, then-President Kennedy. And then we saw, you know, Jim Holzhauser and Jim Martin, and we saw people who done things to prepare us for where we are. 
So I think we can't stop. We're sort of like, we have to be like the gazelle running from the lion. You got to keep running every day. But, you know, just today, I think it was on NPR, but this is a fact that we deal with. Nearly 50% of the people in North Carolina are non-native. I'd believe that. So we've, we've been absorbing that, and I think we're prepared to do it now. But we have to look seriously about infrastructure needs, and we can't stop if we're going to absorb this. So it, it, not to interrupt you, because I know you, you, you know this more intimately than most people. How, how do we make sure that we get the infrastructure done right, but more than that, the funding of it? Because that seems to be the challenge. Schools and roads, as Jim Hunt used to say over and over. How do we get the roads funding part right now so we don't miss the opportunity and don't fall behind? Well, for one thing, we've got to look at, we may not be exactly on point, by 2025, we're predicting that 30% of automobiles will not have an internal combustion engine. Mm -hmm. Roads now are paid for almost entirely out of the gas tax. We have to start looking at alternative ways to fund highways, and we're doing that. We're looking at Secretary Trogdon and transportation, looking at funding, we're looking at charging stations, we're looking at all of these things to make forward. Are the public schools prepared for training people for that economy when, mm -hmm. you know, when you've got nearly 200,000 people making auto parts and perhaps they won't be making those anymore? So it's larger than that. But paying for the roads, I mean, we're going to have to, that's going to be, we're going to have to look at all sources of how to get there, whether it's bonds or whatever, we're going to have to look at it. So, so there was an article, and, and you know, I, Mr. Secretary, I didn't, I didn't really remember where it is, but an article said that North Carolina has at least five toll roads in process of, of being discussed or being planned. So clearly a toll road or toll lane of some sort has got to be in the future. But also, are you encouraged, are you optimistic that we're going to be able to work out the funding and not to, and this is my term, sir, not just political speak, but you feel like we will be able to work through this infrastructure planning and, and process? Yes. Is it going to be painful? Probably. Yeah. What did Churchill say? Americans do the right thing after they've exhausted oh, so everything else. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, we will. I mean, we're looking at, you know, and I know I-77 is an issue, but we already have toll roads. We have one in Raleigh. Um, I-95. Mm -hmm. We're having companies today that are reluctant to locate there because of congestion on I-95. I mean, we have to look at and address these issues. Rail. I'm looking at Charlotte with light rail. I commend you on it. Mm -hmm. You know, the Triangle's taking a serious look at it. They haven't moved as far as they have in Charlotte. But it's going to take all parts of this, including airports. I mean, corporate headquarters are not locating anywhere that there's not direct flights. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. International, we're talking about. Is RDU going to get that China flight? Um, I think so, perhaps. The timing on it, we have to look at. Uh, I think we have to go back and look at what's going on in China, for one thing. Mm -hmm. They don't have a hub-and-spoke system of airports in China. So unless it comes out of basically Beijing or um, uh, it comes out of Beijing or Shanghai, there may have to be another system developed in China. So we've got to look at that part. But I think, but we're preparing for it. The funding, the legislature funded that, mm -hmm. and the, the runway, um, and I think we have to continue to do that. We can't stop. You know, Johnny Harris is the chairman of Lincoln Harris, and, and as you well, you know, I know you know Mr. Harris, but. Chairman Harris, but you also, it, it, to remind some of our viewers, he is this iconic developer in the Charlotte region, but also statewide and southeastern wide, has done 
um, has influence and talks about development, and he, and he singled out uh, Secretary Copeland, the Triangle, recently and said there is no way, and this is my term, he said there's no way Amazon is going to pick the Triangle because they have not gotten that spine of, of rail and transportation done. Uh, I'm not asking you to respond to him per se, but is there some truth in that? Does, does RTP need to work that out? Well, and I'm only speaking to what's in the public record regarding Amazon right now, but Amazon's saying 60,000 jobs over up to 17 years. Mm -hmm. They're not just going to fall out of an airplane on one day, <laughs> wherever they locate. But if you look at that, so you're saying, you know, three or 4,000 jobs a year are coming to an area. And if you did look at the triangle, which is, you know, reasonably small compared to absorbing that, mm -hmm. that gives an airport time to put those flights in if we're talking about an airport. Public rail, public transportation, I think it can grow to it also. It's not going to come, I think the triangle would, would rise to the occasion when it came to that type of infrastructure. But once again, the most important thing Amazon's looking at is talent. Where can they find talent? And I think Charlotte fits that category also, and the Triangle area. They're destination places for talent from around the world. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you look at whether your kids are in school in New York or California, I mean, there's no problem recruiting people to come to these two areas. And if you look at Amazon, a tremendous percentage of their employees will have a master's degree or more of that 60,000. You know, when they started that process um, last year and Amazon seemed to circumvent what the traditional economic development uh, process was about putting out an RFP a little bit more quietly or at least discreetly, and Amazon just went public and said, this is what we're doing, we're looking, and all of a sudden there was this mad scramble. Has that changed? Will that, will that be the new paradigm now for economic development projects of any size? It has definitely changed it. I think, uh, um, even when Toyota was looking at us, they were more public than any Japanese site search I've ever seen. But then it went dormant and quiet, just like Amazon is gone. Mm -hmm. So it, while there was a initial fanfare, it took a normal pattern of site selection reasonably quickly, especially after the first cut in Amazon's case. Does that make it harder, th this new way that seems to be happening? No. 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 I, I, I'll leave it at no. <laughs> but I, I will say I believe that it perhaps creates more of a burden on local people responding to it. I, so because I, it's not narrowed down as succinctly and as narrow for them that perhaps they are, they don't stand a chance mm -hmm. spending a lot of money on an RFP. W will it be, will it be hard, let me ask it this way, sir. Will it be harder to rally the troops as clearly North Carolina did when this bid first came out and hit the wires? Will it, will it be easier to get people to say, okay, we didn't win the Amazon and maybe not the Toyota Mazda, but this next one could be Apple, could be something else. Will it be easier to say, but we know how this process works now. We know what sites are available. We know what resources we have. Can you rally the troops easier now than you did? Or will it be harder to get people to buy in that, no, North Carolina is really going to be on the short one, list for this one? I believe it will be easier from both sides. 
first of all, a lot of people around the world and companies around the world know about us that didn't know about us before, especially with Toyota in particular. It also shows that if companies like Amazon and Toyota look at the number one thing requirement has been the box checked, and that's talent mm -hmm. and employees. I mean, when Toyota was looking at us, the number, their number one, there were two inflection points. Number one inflection point was employment. They checked that box very quickly. Mm -hmm. The next inflection point was that we had the political will and an and um, authorizing environment that we could get a bipartisan support to put a legislative package together with the, and we did that. Mm -hmm. And we've shown the world that we can do that. I mean, that hasn't happened for over a decade in this state. And I think it, people of goodwill came together and are doing economic development now and they've shown the world we can do it. I mean, if you look at this month, think about this month, March. A year ago in March, I was here talking to you. <laughs> and while we were talking, they repealed <laughs> HB2. Good, good point. I remember that. They repealed HB2. And what that people of goodwill on both sides of the aisle got together and repealed HB2. And what that did, that shows that North Carolina is back into the world arena of economic development. And I put a measure of stability and certainty back into the process. Also this month is the 10-year anniversary of the bailout or rescue of Bear Stearns. <laughs> is that something we want to talk about really? <laughs> well, I want to say look where we are this year. Yeah. This year, the Commerce Department has announced over 21,000, well, for last year, 21,000 jobs. We're back to where we were in 2006. So how... So, I mean, those two things, I mean, 2008, we saw the world almost come, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. that was a crash. In fact, I was in Jinan, China in September of 2008 when Lehman Brothers was allowed to go under. How quickly we forget where we were in a decade it was ago. It was so painful. this month has a lot of symbolism about what we've done and where we're going, and I'm very comfortable where we are, where we are in North Carolina. So, do you feel like North Carolina, Bob, uh, Secretary Bobby Hitt from South Carolina was on the mm -hmm. show about a month ago and he was, of course, they've had great success down there as well and their export business is way up in records. But he was talking about all the success they've had with heavy manufacturing and where that they're way past their high water mark is when you measure it from manufacturing and jobs and capital investment and so on and so forth. Do you feel like North Carolina, as you, as you just put it, Mr. Secretary, 10 years ago, we are now back to level, if not beyond. Are we well beyond the issues that we had around the social issues, uh, HB2 and so on and so forth? Do, we, do you feel like, by and large, that stuff is behind us and North Carolina is now not just dealing with how it used to be, but do you feel like North Carolina got its mojo back? Yeah. You know, in 1982, the New York Times talked about North Carolina as the Dixie Dynamo. You have the South and then you have North Carolina. I think we would say the same thing today. You know, in the first three years of this century, we lost more manufacturing jobs than any other state. We are back. Mm -hmm. And I'll compare us to South Carolina any day, not that I need to. I mean, you look at what we got this year. I mean, we have made inroads into rural economic development. We had um, uh, Edgar Wood Products, an Austrian company, putting $600 million in Lexington, 800 jobs. Mm -hmm. I mean, 
That hasn't happened. We got Edgecombe County, another 600 jobs and $700 million from Chinese company, the largest rural investment at one time mm -hmm. ever in North Carolina, in a tier one, as we call it, one of the you know, socioeconomically distressed areas. I mean, look at, and Charlotte, while it's not distressed, look at what we've put here this year. Mm -hmm. You know, Allstate, AXA, mm -hmm. I mean, thousands of jobs. In Raleigh, Emphasis, Credit Suisse. I mean, we are on the global stage, so I compare us to anywhere in the country. Your, your, your DNA's from Little Hertford in, in northeastern North Carolina. You know something about rural and living in some of the rural North Carolina places. Is there an intentional effort by Commerce, by Governor Cooper, to, again, my, sir, my, my term, balance commerces and an intentional look at figuring out how rural benefits just like urban centers? Yes. And, and what does that formula look like, and what do you try to do? There's not a formula. I think we have to look at formulas, because they're all, we're looking at different parts. If you, for instance, look at where I grew up, we're about 50 miles south of Norfolk, Virginia. You know, which is two million people. Yeah. You know, perhaps we should be looking at what Rock Hill, where they look at Charlotte. You know, perhaps we should be, and we are. We're making Highway 17 interstate-like into Virginia, and connecting into that economy. When Ford closed in Norfolk, Virginia, 50% of their employees were North Carolinians. Do you know? Um, so I think you have to look at it differently. You know, that part of the state was never really in manufacturing, it was agriculture. Mm -hmm. Well, 4% of the farmers now produce 75% of the produce, of the production. So towns like mine that had three car dealerships, tractor dealerships, feed mills, mm -hmm. hardware stores, all that's now gone because all the, all the supplies are purchased on the world marketplace, come in by train and truck. Mm -hmm. So that's gone. But we've seen that, this part of the state, manufacturing tobacco, textiles, you know, that sucking sound, as I mentioned, in the first three years of this century. Mm -hmm. The difference is, in this part of the state, and let's just look at Lexington, for instance, you do have an infrastructure here for manufacturing for it to come back. There's water, sewer, there's highways, there are airports, there are rail. Perhaps not perfect, but this project that went in Edgecombe County, they've been working on that site for 15 years. Isn't that interesting? So it's a long-term goal, and we need, we work with the legislature, and we've been proposing that for infrastructure. We can't fully address the rural parts of this state until we're willing to come up to the table and pay for infrastructure. Do you, do you feel like there is some type of commitment from the General Assembly to, to not just understand it, but be willing to find the dollars? I think finding the dollars is a challenge. You know, we still, even today have legislative tax cuts in place mm -hmm. to take effect. Um, we'll see. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, the president's infrastructure package was not as robust as perhaps we thought it would be. Um, but for instance, there are opportunity zones were created uh, with the, the tax bill mm -hmm. that the president put in. Uh, I've met with Mayor Lyle, she's met with me many times at Mecklenburg County and some other. There will be approximately 250 of those zones that we can select that will be, the Treasury has to approve, Department of Treasury, that will allow capital gains investment 
people with large taxable gains to either postpone or completely be absolved of those capital gains depending on how long the investment stays in an area. You, know, you, you made a couple references to uh, political relationships and it seems like governor started on some rocky ground with the General Assembly and it, there's, I'm not fault finding, I'm mm -hmm. just saying last year was a tough year politically. Do you feel like there is uh, better harmony among the parties and among those who seemingly want the same thing in North Carolina for all citizens? Yes. I think there's an understanding that uh, the parties are different. They're different agendas. But we have to work together for common good on many things. Mm -hmm. And what, economic development is definitely proven to be one of those things. And it's, it, it, let me go back to something else you said. We were talking about Toyota. Is that, all of these economic development projects, Mr. Secretary, how do you get in a room or get into the General Assembly or sit with the governor or sit with your deputies or any of the EDC group in any town and work out the cost for these type of Toyota Mazda? We've got a mega site. We know we can cobble this together. But how do you find the willingness to figure out what that cost is? How far are you willing to go, I guess? It takes a lot of time and a lot of educating the process and bringing people in and building trust. It's all about trust. I mean, with the legislature, I've spent an inordinate amount of time with uh, uh, the President Pro Tem and the Speaker of the House and with the Governor. And when it comes to building up, you're talking about the economic incentive package. Yes, I guess you yeah, say. the incentive package, yes, sir. And, you know, there's the political will to do it if you present the facts of how it pays for itself. One of the things we do in North Carolina, we do not give cash for the sake of cash unless we model it and there's an economic model and we get a return on that. Mm -hmm. I'm not quite sure that's completely understood when people read there's a $1.5 billion incentive package. I think people think we're backing up a truck and giving the company money without a contractual relationship that goes in place there and the requirements that they have to do. I mean, one of the things, this is an inordinate amount of time spent by my team, and I, more like an M&A transaction almost, with all of the lawyers, all of the company's lawyers, the local lawyers, the state's lawyers, mm -hmm. putting these deals together. And they're very complicated legal agreements. Mm -hmm. I mean, like you say, the Walden model is what we use a lot to show the return, and I'm sure you're familiar yeah, with, yeah. with that. that uh, Mike Walden from NC State yeah. came up, which you still rely on, but we don't just give money for the sake of giving it. Is there is there uh, an opportunity being missed? And, and Secretary Hitt said, we talked to Secretary Copeland, we talked to North Carolina, we feel good about that relationship. Are we still missing something to say it's the Carolinas and not just North and South battling for Toyota Mazda, for, say, for instance? Yeah, I don't think companies necessarily care about state lines or county lines or actually city lines except how it may affect their bottom line and what goes on with taxes or whatever. No, I don't think so. I, I think, you know, we don't, we recruit, we look at companies, we talk to them. Companies go where they think they're going to be able to succeed in their business plan and execute their business model. I'm not sure we actually really compete head to head with South Carolina. Mm -hmm. Um, the company chooses where they're going to go. If we don't have the workforce and the infrastructure and all of those, we don't compete. Mm -hmm. I mean, someone is looking at Charlotte 
is probably not looking at a rural county also. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't work that way. You can't pay a company to go where they can't execute their business model. Is that, and we've got about two minutes left, and we haven't even talked about transportation, of course, and economic development is important to that. But this education piece, either through the vocational or the higher ed piece, we haven't even talked about that. So in about a minute and a half, is this issue that every CEO that comes on this program and also publicly states that we can't find the talent we need, uh, is that still as critical as it ever has been? Yes, and opinion? more so. And it's the governor's number one priority, and uh, NC Works and the workforce is under the Department of Commerce. The governor has refocused us with that. We are working, we've bought in some people from LinkedIn, from the private sector, and there's 83 workforce offices around the state. We're, we're working with companies to come up with, we're looking at the apprentice programs, mm -hmm. the state apprentice programs, the federal and the, the corporate apprentice programs, looking at other avenues other than the traditional, you know, high school, college diploma avenue. Um, yes, workforce is critical. I was, um, I was meeting with some of the biggest banks and some of the smallest banks in my office last year, and they said, yeah, we do have problems. And I said, well, Sarbanes-Oxley? Or is it, uh, you, you know, uh, any of the regulations? They died frank. And they said, no, workforce. It's talent, yeah. And talent. Well, uh, can you come back and talk about this? I'm sorry, we, we're out of time. Absolutely. And two things. Thanks for driving through a snowstorm to get here, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, sir. Your, your commitment is appreciated. And, and, and it's always nice to see you. Thank you for your leadership as well. Thank you. Nice to see you. You too. Secretary Tony Copeland, thank you for watching our program. Until next week, I'm Chris Woody, and we hope your business and your weekend is good. Good night. Major funding for Carolina Business Review was provided by the Duke Endowment, Bearings, Grant Thornton, Novant Health, Sunoco, Blue Cross Blue Shield of South Carolina. And by viewers like you. Thank you. Promotional consideration provided by Business North Carolina Magazine. For more information, visit carolinabusinessreview.org.